team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! Yo, 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 Mark Bickley. Yo, yo, yo. How are you? Wednesday, big show today. Lots of fun. The Optus Network is down. <laughs> down, yeah. And we just both happen to be on the Optus Network. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? It's... um. We're still waiting to get some sort of confirmation for any reason. I wonder, could it be a um, a cyber attack? What do you mean? That's a big call. I'm just asking. Um, I would have thought there would be some contingencies. If it's a, this is just me thinking out loud. Mm, please do. If, if you had a giant server, you would think you'd have some type of backup server where one blows up or craps itself. <sighs> You just flick the switch and you move over to another one. Yeah, and you it would, sounds simple. It does. So you would have some sort of capacity to, to write the ship. But if it's some sort of cyber attack that is not allowing you to, it's not a, it's not a mechanical thing, it's more a software problem, then you've got an issue. No, no. No, you can't flick a switch on that, can you? Well, I feel like I've been hit square in the... Testicles. <laughs> <laughs> Don't seem you're going to play that ad nauseum now. No. Because I, I said testicles on air, you think that that's funny, do you? That's, that's rather puerile of you. No, I just thought it was weird that I came into the studio this morning and you said, hey, Jared, have a look at my testicles. <laughs> <laughs> that's an HR issue. <laughs> if anyone's wondering, it was on the back of someone saying Australia can't play spin. And I said, yeah. well, Glenn Maxwell can play spin. He's just hit the... The, a record-breaking 200 runs mm. against Afghanistan. Mm. And you said, well, apart from Maxwell, and I said, well, if you can't say that. If my auntie had testicles, she'd be my uncle. Yeah. And I thought it was weird that I was talking about cricket and I said, we're looking forward to the first test here in Australia. And you said, no, 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 we're looking forward to the first testicles here in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. Oh, dear. That's enough. Put it away. Um, um, put what, well, if I have to put mine away, you should put your <laughs> testicles away. No, oh. no. Just getting back to uh, Optus, it's going to be interesting. This now becomes a PR thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a nightmare. I would have thought it's 8.38. It's been out since 3 a.m. this morning. You would have hoped that someone at Optus would have put out a press release, would have been on the morning uh, TV Breakfast shows. They are, yeah. They're talking about it. But what, are they, what are they saying? I don't know. There's no volume on the TV. So <laughs> what I, could I, I – the only thing I could lip read was them saying – Testicles. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just want it to get better, to be honest. I yeah, talk okay. a big game and say, no, I stay off your phone all day. But I don't like SOS. It's alarming. <laughs> That's all it was. I want to listen to our podcast, which we're recording now. So it's a bit of inception. Because by the time we listen to this, it will be back. So we'll be listening to us saying, I wish it's back. <laughs> I'm confused. Really? Yeah. Okay. If you're confused, I'm... Testicles. Um, good show today. We spoke to Katie Mack from the Adelaide Strikers. Quick Bix was impressive. Mm. Really, really impressive. And it's just, it's just enjoyable just waking up and talking sport. Because I think there's always a concern once the AFL season ends, there's not enough sport to ter- talk about. Mm. But this has really shown our versatility, hasn't it? Well... Uh, there's a couple of things. One is the, the stuff with Glenn Maxwell is enormous. 200 runs in a game of cricket at a big time as well. His team needed him. So um, that's going to be 
it's going to be huge coming into these, you know, they heard Adam Gilchrist talk yesterday about the semifinals and how anything can happen in these cutthroat games. So as that gets closer, what, what started off in a lacklustre fashion for Australia in this World Cup, they've sort of got going. Yeah, they're back six in a row. Yeah, they've captured our imagination now. So I'm really looking forward to uh, what Australia can do in these um, when, when the finals arrive. And then the second part of it is, um, whilst we're still talking cricket, is the Redbacks are starting to get their groove together. And um, Nathan McSweeney has scored his second 100 of the summer in really difficult conditions. So he's doing really well. He's he's a young player. He's, he's been made vice-captain and doing some amazing things. So he's certainly putting his hand up. I think he might have um, gone on a tour and captained one of the sort of second Australian 11 mm. teams. So he's certainly earmarked for, for bigger and better things and – to do that in Queensland under difficult conditions, a bit of rain and, and grey skies up there. So both Henry Hunt and Nathan McSweeney have done really well. Now the, the onus is on the bowlers to uh, get themselves organised and see if they can bowl out Queensland a couple of times. Can I tell you the thing that I dislike the most about gossip websites? Like there's a, how, do, how do we get to gossip websites? I just saw something cricket. pop up there, news.com.au. When there's a headline that's clickbaity that says, Star is now unrecognizable. I click on it and I look and I go, no, I recognize them. They're very recognizable. Who was it? Zach Efron. Mm. I I quipped yesterday because there was an article that said AFL legend lands himself in court. Oh. And the AFL legend was Jose Romero <laughs> from the uh, from the Western Bulldogs. He had a building issue. So legends is strong, isn't it? Well, I'm thinking Lee Matthews. Um, yeah, quite literally, yeah. Malcolm EJ Witten, yeah. not a 122 gamer from the Western Bulldogs. He played a handful for um, North, Melbourne. North Melbourne, but maybe he's a legend in Chile. <laughs> maybe he's a legend in um, in Mooney Ponds. That's where in the sort of western suburbs. That's where the issue was. I mean, he did win a best and fairest in 1996. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, legend is a bit strong. St- yeah. Star, maybe. If he's a legend, wrong. then my auntie has testicles. <laughs> Enjoy the podcast. See you, Mark. See ya. Your local tyre power holiday getaway sale. Get four for the price of three on Falcon Wild Peak All Terrain Tyres. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow. That's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Two minutes past six. Good morning to you. Beautiful Adelaide morning going for a top of 29 degrees today. We are live in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Huge thanks to our good friends at Tire Power. The holiday getaway sale is now on. Uh, Mark Bickley, we would love to say, hey, get involved in the show. Send us a text 0427 154 166 or call us on 1300 736 736. If you're listening on the app, you can do that directly. But if you're on the Optus network, it's probably not going to work this morning. I've never seen so much panic on your face. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Um, yes, I'm with Optus and I woke up this morning and just normally flick the phone on to see what was going on and just the SOS signal. So there's no service. If you're an Optus customer, you're in a bit of strife this morning. It's on their website. Just had a look there and it just said their engineers are working on fixing the outage. But um, yes, your home internet, your um, mobile services are down indefinitely at the moment. So I think this is a national-wide problem. So I think there's going to be a little bit of chaos, particularly... 
uh, for people who use their phones to pay for things, or if you've got a small business that has a uh, uh, that is with Optus on the with your internet, you won't be able to use any of your sort of banking services, which is going to create a little bit of havoc for most because we've become pretty reliant on it now, haven't we? Well, don't worry about your banking services. They're in chaos anyway with the interest rates. So um, we're in <laughs> exactly. we're having a great time at the moment. Um, look, thanks to more Team Care for Family Cars at Port Adelaide. You still can get involved via social media. So there's plenty of ways to interact with the show today. Um, what about, speaking of interaction, Mark mm. Bickley, we'll touch on the, the uh, Melbourne Cup in a second, but what about the World Cup? Um, interactive Glenn Maxwell certainly was last night. Let's have a listen to the last four deliveries of his innings in incredible record-breaking innings. This is the greatest show. That's gone way, way back. Way back. Maxwell into the 180s. And it's now just 15 from 22. Far enough, is it? Yes, it is by a metre. Maxwell moves into the 190s. It's nine from 21. Australia now have it in the palm of their hands. Glenn Maxwell goes on to the highest ever score for Australia in one day cricket. Thrashes that through the offside for four more. They won't stop that either. Maxwell to 195. Australia just need five. You know what's going to happen? He's 195, Maxwell. A six to bring up 200 and win the game. Everybody here's on their feet. And Maxwell hits it high. Can it make it? Oh, amazing. <laughs> amazing to wake up to and to see... First of all, the drama that was unfolding because Australia were no chance at one stage and then enter Glenn Maxwell. Take us through it, Bix. Well, the, the, Australia was seven for 91. So Head was out for a second ball duck. Warner made 18. Mitch Marsh, 24. Lubbershane, 14. Inglis, a first ball duck, uh, which brought Maxwell to the crease. And then you had uh, Stoinis was out for six. Mitch Stark out for three. Glenn Maxwell and Pat Cummings had a, a partnership of over 200, I think it was 210. Cummins. Yes, what did I say? Cummings. Oh, sorry, Cummins. Uh, a 210 partnership of which Glenn Maxwell made 201 and uh, Pat Cummins made 12 off 68, but he was just... <laughs> had a real Henry Hunt style of innings there, Pat Cummins. Just a remarkable <laughs> performance. And remember, he's coming back from his concussion. It was a warm day and he was in all sorts. His body was cramping up. His, those last four balls that you heard where he hit three sixes and a four. Get it, go have a look at the highlights yes. if you get a chance. His feet do not move. He cannot move. All he can do is swing the bat and flick his wrists, and he still hit 22 runs off, off four balls. It was quite quite remarkable. Let's have a listen to how he was feeling throughout the game. Horrific. <laughs> I feel shocking. Um, yeah, it was obviously quite hot when we were fielding today, and... Um, yeah, I, I haven't really done a whole lot of high-intensity exercise, I suppose, in the in the heat, and it certainly got a hold of me today. And um, yeah, just luckily enough, um, we came out with a plan to sort of stay at the same end for a little bit until I could sort of get some movement back. And luckily enough, I was able to stick it out to the end. Now, it's not advice to young cricketers out there, but um, it seems to have worked having a potentially few beverages and falling off a golf cart and then it kind of has snapped him into continuing his incredible run of form and I reckon 
it wouldn't be outlandish to say Glenn Maxwell has been one of those players over the past couple of years that there's been question marks over mm-hmm. his consistency. And I feel that this World Cup has not only done wonders for him, but Adam Zampa as well. I mean, these two players have been the best players for Australia in this tournament. And not only will it keep them in the Aussie team for a while, but they're over in India. The IPL oh. is going to hang on to them for a very <laughs> long time now. Oh my goodness, <laughs> mate. That just put it. Yeah, it was a remarkable innings. But being described as the greatest innings you'll ever see uh, in in that form of the game. But 200. Just just let that settle in. Remember when we were growing up, if a team made 200, that was seen as a good score. Here's one guy who's made 200 yeah. on his own. So you don't need a whole lot of circumstances to be able to do that. He made them off 128 balls, 21 fours, 10 sixes. That is a phenomenal innings. And when you think about it, coming back from concussion as well. So, yes, uh, just staggering. He got full body cramps. So he was dehydrated. His body was cramping up. At one stage, it looked like he was going to have to retire hurt. Mm. Adam Zampa was on the boundary line. He was ready to come into bat next. And he sent him back. Uh, and as you heard there, he just decided to stay at the one end. So, um, so Pat Cummins, 12 off 68 balls. What a cameo. He yeah, played. played his role perfectly, did what he needed to do. Uh, we had a text coming through from Lindsay, 0427-154-166. Maxwell is a freak. That innings will never be bettered. Wow. Thank you for that, Lindsay. And uh, as we are sitting here in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA, and a massive thanks to Chemist Warehouse as well. You can go there for the Christmas fragrance sale, which is now on. We're going to talk about the cricket throughout the morning. I'm sure it will get one of our nominations for the good stuff. You can get on the road faster, 13, 27, 27. Because it's also worth mentioning, without a fight yesterday, winning the 2023 Melbourne Cup. Into the straight of the Lexus Melbourne Cup, and here's Vauban on the outside of future history, and Val and Declare between them. Absurd is also chiming in. 400 metres to go. It's absurd moving up on the outside for Zach Burden. A length in front, but without a fight, is running on right down the centre of the track. Without a fight, up to absurd. Val and Declare and Shiraz the Volta. It's without a fight. 100 metres to go. Two or three lengths in front, coming away from Shiraz and also Sulgham. Without a fight, Mark Zara. A Melbourne Cup champion wins it by two lengths. Second in the race was Sulcum, third Shiraz. Now, talk us through your Melbourne Cup day yesterday, Mark Bickley. I was disappointed to drive down Hindley Street this morning and see it empty. I thought it it'd be packed with people flowing on from Morfittville, but um, what was your day like yesterday? No, I went down to the St. Francis Winery and spent some time with the team from a game, which was great. They hosted a lot of their clients down there. Huge day. So, uh, well done to Mike and his team. Uh, remember... Our uh, Melbourne Cup expert yesterday. Mitch Lewis, Mitch, Hawthorne player. Mitch Lewis. He gave us one, three, five, and seven. Mm. Well, three was the winner. So he didn't do too badly. He sort of pointed you in the right direction. So um, hopefully you're able to uh, to pick that one out. But how's Mark Zara's form? Had the choice between riding Gold Trip and without a fight. And, of course, Gold Trip, he, he steered to victory last year. It would have been – you would have thought a – an easy decision to make to say, no, I'll jump on to gold trip and see if I can go back to back and do it again. But he'd, he'd had success in the, uh, the Caulfield cup with, without a fight, decided to stick with that and uh, turned out to be a very smart decision. So two Melbourne cups in two years. Very, very well done. Gold trip finishes 17th. Um, and as you said, there was a, it was a day of stories yesterday, but I was, I was looking back and I, uh, I'm not very 
familiar with lots of Melbourne Cup winners. It's not mm. my forte, but I can tell you what, if you wanted to know a 97th drafted NBA player, I'm your guy. Um, the favourite, as in the outright favourite, rarely wins. Yeah, well, look, I guess the when you look at the favourites, it's not like they're hot favourites. you know, No. Like, and because it's such a big race and such a big field, so much has to go right. So... Was, but it, was it Vaudan was the for Vauban. Vauban was the outright oh, favourite. Yeah, and having was... listened to some of the experts leading into it, uh, I even heard Glenn Boss during the week saying that if Vauban wanted to win by a couple of lengths, Vauban will win by a couple of lengths. Yeah, well, once again, I, I don't think ever think you can be that certain about horse racing. And I think it started at about $6 favourite. So when it's $6... It means effectively that, you know, could run six races and win at once, you know, like mm. that's the, that's how the odd system works. And yeah, it's, there was about, I think without a fight was in the top five fancies and I think it started around seven or $8. So it was one of the more fancied horses, but I guess the Melbourne cup often throws up roughies. Shiraz was one of the bolters that was a long way back that finished third. So that collects over a, a million dollars in prize money. So it's a huge race. And, um, yeah, it's, a, it, it's, it's funny because some people only have one bet for the year and that bet is in the Melbourne cup. The Melbourne cup's the hardest race of the year to pick a winner in. So that it's sort of uh, counterintuitive really. I've got some news on what happened at the event I was at yesterday. I'm going to hold on to that for a moment because it's omen bets gone right or omen bets going wrong. Okay. And also, uh, an incident that happened at the Arca Bar yesterday. So just don't go anywhere, Mark Bickley, all right? I won't. Stay there, please. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Uh, we are joined by Bryce McGain a little bit later on this morning to talk about the Australians' performance last night or overnight um, at the Cricket World Cup. Katie Mack from the Adelaide Strikers, and we'd love to hear from you. 0427 154 166. It's SENSA. Good morning. Morn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow. That's... 18 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. Um, I'll be honest with you, I don't really know what happened there. Just looking at maybe we're on the Optus Network or something and everything's <laughs> crashing at the moment, Mark Bickley. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Uh, thank you to Ty Power. The holiday getaway sale is now on. Uh, Bix, we're talking about the Melbourne Cup yesterday. A lot of celebrations. Mark Zara jumping on without a fight. Let's have a listen to Mark Zara. Uh, my whole objective, I thought that my biggest opposition was my horse himself. You know, he can be quite keen. And I, uh, he gave me a lot of... I went and worked him the other day and he was keen. And so I go on the gates, he's relaxed. And I thought, oh, this is a good sign. But I, I always wanted to go to... If I could find the fence at any stage, he's a horse that relaxes much better on the fence. And when it came up, I knew I was back a fair way, but I said before, I was following Alan Kerr, but had Ollie on, so there's a tick. Gold Trip's in front of me, that's, that's a tick. Ryan Moore's in front of him, that's a tick. So I think you know, I can stay here as long as I can. I'll wait for these three, uh, you know, excellent jockeys to start making their moves. We're going to follow them. Now, Mark Zara wasn't the only winner yesterday. There was one lucky local punter in WA that turned $2 into $100,000 after their first four mystery bet came through. Uh, For other bolder gamblers, a $100,000 bet on the winner collected $900,000. So um, all of these things I need to preface by asking you, what's gambling really costing you? So make some smart decisions. So the incident happened yesterday at the Arkabar where I was at. Yes. One. $1.5 
wonderful day where we sat down raising a lot of money for a variety of the children's charities. So mm-hmm. it was a great day and the Akaba has gone through this this whole refurb. Transformation. Yeah, it looks brilliant. So Jackie, the organiser who runs all of the events at the Ark, yes. uh, did an outstanding job. And it's a really thankless job when you're doing things like that. So I always make sure I put the spotlight on people like Jackie. So shout out to Jackie Newton. Um one of the major raffle prizes yesterday was a $6,000 diamond. $6,000 diamond? Yes. Now, I don't know too much about diamonds, but from what I was told, it was one carat, mm. I believe. Yes. I don't I don't really know yeah. how special that is, but it can, be, it can be cut into anything you like. So I think it can be cut into half a carat or two half carats, mm. and then you can put them into earrings. It sounds like I'm making a salad. <laughs> Bugs Bunny. <laughs> so um, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah. And the, the tickets were $100 a ticket, and there were 100 tickets available. Okay? okay. Yep. So gotcha. wonderful, raising a heap of money, and we got to the end of the afternoon. So after, without a fight, had won the Melbourne Cup, it was time to draw the raffle. Now, I needed to be very sure that the person drawing the raffle was not involved in the raffle, so yes. it couldn't be rigged. So I've gone over to the DJ, Justice, and I'm like, hey, Justice, quite fitting your name. Exactly. That's what I was going. So it. do you reckon you can pull out the raffle ticket? He said, no problem. I'm just here to spin tunes, mate, and play some bongos. I'm not interested in the diamond or the carrots you got or not going on there. Wonderful. So we get to the end of the day. I'm just about to leave. I'm on the stage and I'm like, it is time to draw the raffle. For the first time all day, the room is silent. Justice puts his hand into the barrel to pull out the winner of the raffle. And I've started laughing because the winner of the raffle was Jackie, the organiser of the event at the (laughs) Arkham. And what do you do in that situation? So I'm thinking Jackie's going to... Jackie's going to donate it back into a redraw or something. Mm-hmm. So Jackie grabs the microphone and she says, guys, I know you want me to donate this back, mm-hmm. but I've just separated from my partner, so I'm keeping it. There you go. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. You should have gave her a pat on the back and a bit of a hug and say, well done. It was all above board. All above board. She bought a ticket. She did, and a very deserving winner. Yeah, but the the hilarious thing was seeing the look on the people's faces that were doing the pretend happiness because they didn't win it. (laughs) And also the confused people's faces thinking, oh, did they rig it? So, look, if you've got any stories from yesterday, let us know on the text line if your phone is working. 0427-154-166. Thanks to more Team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide. We've got lots of giveaways this morning too. We'll tell you more about them next. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 28 minutes past six on SCNSA. If you haven't heard Beaumont Tiles, it's giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12 and you're in with a chance. Tease and Seas apply. Uh, Bix, a very big day today. We'll be joined by one of the guns from the Adelaide Strikers, Katie Mack. They've got a match tonight, so we will have a chat to Katie and see if they can jump back onto the top of the WBBL table. Bryce McGain, uh, former international cricketer, will talk to us about the Australians and Glenn Maxwell's performance. And your calls and texts just for getting involved in the show today, you could not only win that Signet Boost power bank, it would keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. We also have today a night accommodation to give away at the Hotel Grand Chancellor. 
We're asking who's in the lobby. That is happening just after 7 o'clock this morning. And, well, from what I've been told, the Hotel Grand Chancellor Adelaide not just have local guests, national guests, yes. but also international guests. Mm. And there's an international guest that's stuck in the lift today wanting to get into the lobby. So that's all I'm going to leave you with. Have a think about it, all right? I will. We have a sports update in a moment. And, of course, we want to hear from you. If your phone's working, you're not, not on the Optus network because that's that's really um, soiled it itself. <laughs> so you were polite. I was thinking of rude words. one 736 Give us a call. We're back after the news on SENSA. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 27 to 7. Good morning to you. Going to be another beautiful day across Adelaide today. Uh, we're going for 29 degrees. If you haven't heard, Flight Centre's big red sale is on now too. With limited time offers on flights, cruises, holidays and tours, you can book now to save big. As we mentioned today, Bix being a Wednesday and only a, a couple of shows left for us in 2023. It means there's only a handful of quick Bix left. So today, That's disappointing. Yeah, today's going to be a really challenging one for you. And I've decided to like withdraw multiple choice just to make it really challenging oh. to finish the year because we're approaching... You know, the end of the year, this yes. is when the real stuff begins. Mm-hmm. So there's no more multiple choice in quick picks. Well, that makes it harder for me mm. because I, I often don't know the answer. And you, with multiple choice, I try and read your mind into. You're very good at that. You just look at me and I get lost in your eyes and I get focused on your gaze. And then there I am. No, it's more about with multiple choice. If it's a number, you know, you, if the correct answer is eight. Mm. You often put one that's lower and one that's higher just to try and trick me. Oh, do I? <laughs> and I'm able to see through you, so that's good. I need you to be controversial this morning as well because we're introducing something new and I'm going to be asking you the question, who are we putting into storage? So this is someone or a, an athlete or a sport. <laughs> a team. Or a, yeah, a team. We've just got to put them away for a little bit alongside Go Box SA, the easy way to move and store. We'll do that before 7 o'clock this morning. But right now... Let's get into our sports update because there's a lot of sport that needs updating, Mark Bickley. Yes, let's start with the story of the of the day, really, and that is Glenn Maxwell. He has produced the greatest innings ever for an Australian in one-day international cricket to drag Australia into the semi-finals of the World Cup. Now, Australia was staring down defeat, reduced to just seven for ninety-one. They were chasing two hundred and ninety-two. Uh, they played Afghanistan, of course. Uh, Maxwell, he was given out LBW on 33, only to be saved on review. He was then dropped soon after and continued to ride his luck on his way to re- to his record-breaking score. Now, he brought up his double hundred and the winning runs by smashing a big six, which saw Australia home in an incredible run chase. Let's have a listen to that. A six to bring up 200 and win the game. Everybody here is on their feet. And Maxwell hits it. He should not have to walk off the park. He should be carried off. 
what a performance. Probably couldn't walk oh, off. That, needed to be carried off. That, needed that pickle juice we had that, earlier this year. Exactly because he had a full body cramp. He couldn't move. Uh, he, he spoke after the game saying that uh, he was in with Pat Cummins and they just said, look, let's just start the same end. And effectively, he's going to hit fours and sixes. Ended up with 21 fours, 10 sixes. Uh, as I said, full body cramp. The last four... He brought up the the last 22 runs in four balls, three sixes and a four. And if you watch the vision, his feet do not move. He cannot move. Everything is just picked up with his wrists and his arms and just hit over the fence. It was just an amazing uh, batting performance. And let's have a listen to how he ranks this innings. Yeah, look, it would have been nice if it was chanceless, but I certainly had my chances. I, I led a charmed life out there. I was very lucky and... Um, I suppose just made the most of that. I, I feel like I've had those types of innings before um, where I've given a chance and um, I haven't made the most of it. So to make the most of it and go on with it tonight is probably the most pleasing thing. But, um, yeah, to see it out, be, be not out with Paddy at the end is, is something I'm really proud of. Can I throw something else towards you, Bix? Because overnight, speaking of cricket, the yes. ICC has announced the shot of the century. Shot of the century. Shot of the century. Now, I know we're on an audio platform here at the moment, so you need to visualize this. I need to take you back to the 2022 T20 World Cup where Harris Ralph was the bowler from Pakistan. He was bowling against Virat Kohli. Mm. Now, Virat Kohli's straight drive six against Harris Ralph has been officially branded by the ICC, so this is all official. The shot of the century. Have a listen. So this here, and just you need to imagine it, um, shot down the ground, goes in for six. This is a crunch situation. India were in against Pakistan in the T20 World Cup um, where India required 28 to win off eight balls and then Virat hit him for two sixes and it brought it back in India's favour. Shot of the century is a big call though. Well, I'm just thinking, what year are we in? 23. So we're talking about the shot of the 21st century. So the next... 77 years. I'm glad you said that because it brought me back to a lot of media commentators calling and they were, they were right. Okay. In the end, they were right. Mm -hmm. But when I think round one or two, they were saying that Harry Himmelberg had the mark of the year when there were another 21 rounds to go in the season, they're early calls. There's a lot more time to have marks and shots. Yeah. Look, I get that, but 21 rounds of footy versus 77 years of cricket. <laughs> I don't know. I, we just had the Melbourne Cup and we're, we're just sort of studying the odds. I think there's a fair chance that someone might hit a better shot in the next 77 years. Like, give me a spell. It's big calls. That's big call. A bit like Gary Ablett when he took that mark that he didn't mark, that was dubbed mark of the century, wasn't yeah. it? It was, and sure and that's as we know that you have dubbed yourself mark oh! of the century. Unbelievable! <laughs> what else you got? Uh, quickly, while, while still on cricket, Nathan McSweeney scored a century against his former Queensland Sheffield Shield teammates, allowing South Australia to declare at tea on day two. Of course, this has uh, been rain affected, so at the moment. The South Aussies, or the Redbacks, they declared at five for 359. That was at T yesterday. The Bulls reached stumps at one for 82, still 277 runs behind. So you would think a fair bit's got to happen in the next two days to get a result there. So hopefully the bowlers for the Redbacks can get busy. Um, and 
Star jockey Mark Zara, this is on the Melbourne Cup yesterday, described winning the $8 million Melbourne Cup aboard without a fight as his I told you so moment after he was vindicated with his decision not to ride uh, and try and defend his title on Gold Trip. Of course, he won on Gold Trip last year. Uh, timing is run perfectly. Zara steered without a fight to victory at Flemington ahead of the Chris Waller trained pair, Solcombe and Shiraz. So well done to Mark Zara. They say roughly the jockeys get 10% of the purse. Mm -hmm. So um, it's around, at plus a little sling if the, from the owners. So it'll be roughly worth about a million dollars for him to win the Melbourne Cup is what they're talking about. Let's keep talking about this because I guess the other story surrounding the Melbourne Cup yesterday was Damien Oliver, 24 hours prior to getting his final ride, there were question marks whether he was going to, but the vets gave the horse the all clear. Mm. Uh, Alenqua, I think it was, it ended up finishing 21st. So yeah, it was lame. Yes, it was. Um, and having a listen to Glenn Bosch during the week, he said there was minimal chance of the horse winning anyway, but there was a part of me that was really hoping that Damien Oliver would have that fairy tale finish. Can you just imagine everybody likes the fairy tale finish, but it also went the other way. This is almost a nightmare finish for Damien Oliver. Mm. Um, there's a lot of those stories that actually happen in sport that aren't spoken about. A lot of the fairy tales do happen. You think Joel Selwood in his final game Shane Crawford. gets a premiership. Shane Crawford, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. A lot of people <laughs> go out on a high and they have the choice that they can do that. Um, but there are some sporting stories which go the other way and people don't get that fairy tale finish as well. Mm. I mean, if you think going back with uh, Nick Revolt, everybody, I guess, wanted Nick Revolt to win a premiership when he was playing for St Kilda and he was so close and missed out on one. We were mm. talking about if, if Port Adelaide um, made the grand final and won, Potentially, Travis Boak wouldn't be at the club this season. Might be, might have retired on a high. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. What what uh, for, for you? What stands out as potentially what could have been a deserving fairy tale finish, and um, it just didn't end up that way. I'm I'm not sure. The one that springs into my mind, and of course, you know, it's it, it involves Adelaide because it's my team, and and fairy tale. I just want to sort of put this out there, is not the right term. Yeah, maybe fitting or uh, sentimental. Yeah. Yes, because this one is revolves around the Adelaide team in 2017 making it to the grand final. The core group of those players were the players that were at the club under the tutelage of, of um, Phil Walsh. Phil Walsh. Yep. And so they had to go through that horror situation and all the stuff that went with that, which included having to pretty much suit up a week and a half later and play footy and carry on as if nothing had happened. And so that was really difficult. And that group really leaned on each other and they became super tight, um, which meant that as they sort of recovered and moved forward and they, they had success, I think a lot of them thought that that grand final day was going to be the redemption, the payback, mm. the moment where all that heartache and pain could be put behind them and they could, you know, dedicate it potentially to, to Phil Walsh. But as we know, it turned out the other way. And pretty much from that moment on, there was a disintegration of players leaving, you know, and if you get fast forward a couple of years, that whole core group, so many of them drifted off, whether it was Eddie Betts, Josh Jenkins, Charlie Cameron, um, some players retired, Sam Jacobs end up leaving the club. So they're at a sort of mature age and, yeah, just from there, the wheels fell off after that. So that was 
in my head, the the one that was definitely not the uh, the fairy tale finish. If you have any nominations, send them through on the text line zero four two seven one five four one double six. Another one which just um, popped up into my mind, Bix, was two years ago. Aaron Young from North Adelaide uh, had never won a premiership in his life in any form of football. He ends up winning the McGarry medal and then he's a kick away. It was a Matt Panos goal away from being a premiership player and that fairy tale just went the other way mm. and then didn't make the finals in 2023 and that's it. So um, it could go the other way for you as well. So send your nominations in. Another text we got just then talking about the winnings for the Melbourne Cup. So this text says the winner got 4.4 million, 5% jockey, 15% trainer and 80% owner. So thank you for sending that in. Dracos um, says, deja vu with my Melbourne Cup. One, nothing. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wonderful. All right, you've had time to think about it, Bix. We're going to see who's going out into storage next. Tyre Power's holiday getaway sale is now on, and we're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA, going for 29 degrees today. It's SENSA. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 10 minutes to 7 on SENSA Breakfast. Mourn Team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide. And we are here in Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. Uh, Bix, we're going to talk about umpiring and refereeing. In a moment, it's in the news again after the debacle of what happened with Tottenham versus Chelsea yesterday in the Premier League. But before that, I have asked you to get a little bit controversial. And look, we, we ask you to think outside the box. Pardon the pun, because it's time to find out who's going into storage. Oh, what's in the box? So... We're doing this alongside GoBox SA. You can take the stress out of moving. Use GoBox for the easy way to move and sword Mm. and store as well. (laughs) So who's going into storage? Well, I'm. This is a bit of a backflip. Oh no! This is what I'm asking for. I'm asking for a backflip because Josh Inglis who is the uh, the keeper in the um, keeper batter. ICC World Cup uh, Australian side who replaced our very own Alex Carey. Mm. He, he was uh, touted as being the, the fixer in the, the back half of the innings. Well, last night against Afghanistan, he got a first ball duck. Um, so zero last night, three the game before against England, 38 against New Zealand, 14 against the Netherlands, 13 against Pakistan. They're hardly compelling numbers is what I'm saying. And as we get to the pointy end, Alex Carey, I'm sure he's been working very hard. What price experience? Like, he has got a calm head. He's experienced. He may not be in super form, but guess what? Neither is Josh Inglis. He's made three in his last two digs. So I'm saying put Joshy boy into a bit of storage. Let's unpack <laughs> unpack Alex Carey. The bubble wrap is gone. Yeah, and get him back in the side when it matters, in the big ones, the semi and and also the hopefully for Australia the final. Okay, do you agree with Mark Bickley? Josh Inglis is being put into storage. Zero four two seven one five four one double six. Go box SA. Take the stress out of moving. Use Go box for the easy way to move and store. You Let us know your thoughts. Do you agree with that or not? Where, where are you sitting on this? Well, I think now is the perfect time 
to look at Alex Carey again. I agree with you. Good. Because if Josh Inglis was in there performing consistently, I was of the belief and concern, and we spoke to Tim Payne about this last week, that Alex Carey wouldn't be playing white ball cricket again. Mm. He'd be just focusing on the test series coming up. So um, there's an opportunity there. I'm just, I'm just concerned that the selectors are going to say, Josh, just stay in there until you make runs, yeah, mate. I think While so. we're winning, let's mm. just keep on going. Um, and whether he's in there to make runs or is it his glove work? It's it's one or the other. Mm. So Because we know Kez can make runs too. Mm. It's an interesting one. I like your thinking though. I think uh, Ange Postacoglu would like to put VAR into a bit of storage. Let's have a listen to his thoughts on the refereeing after yesterday's disappointing result to Chelsea. You can't tell me that referees are in control of the game now. They're not. The control is outside of that. So, But that's the way the game's going. So um, you kind of have to accept that um, and uh, you know, just try and deal with it. I think it's so hard for a referee to, to, to officiate these days. Their, their authority is just constantly getting diminished. I just, I just don't know how... Like I said, I used to be... I grew up afraid of referees. They'd be like policemen, you know? But nowadays, I guess we talk back to policemen as well. So maybe it's just, like I said, I'm old school, mate. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bygone era and I just love the purity of the game. So it all happened yesterday because mm. when we said farewell yesterday, uh, Chelsea uh, were leading 2-1 and within a couple of minutes, they ended up winning 4-1. Yeah. So the tail of the tape yesterday, Tottenham were up 1-0 in the sixth minute and then um, Raheem Sterling scored a goal. It was taken away from VAR, but then it didn't really matter because Tottenham ended up with two red cards, one to Romero, the 33rd minute, um, Udogi at the 55th minute. Palmer scored at the 35th for Chelsea, and then Nicholas Jackson ended up with a hat-trick. 75, 94th, 97th. She was. That's a late Late hat-trick. <laughs> um, but you can hear Ange talking about VAR and how it is taking over not just the Premier League, but this is video refereeing taking over sport at the moment. What do you think of his comments, Bix? Um, uh, it, it, it's a difficult one because... We want the right decisions. There's nothing worse than a minute after the referee makes a call, there's a replay which shows it's clearly wrong. And particularly in the world game, in, in world football, goals are so important. And so if you get a decision wrong and it costs the team a goal, it, it's, it generally impacts the result quite heavily. So... I, I think you have to use it, but it's got to be used in a way which is less um, invasive is probably the best word. So, and, and I can cop if the back of someone's heel, you know, that line there and the VAR says, oh, by 0.01 of a millimetre, his heel is not sort of offside or he's onside. I'm not so much about that. I'm a bit like the AFL. It just Let's just make sure we don't have the howlers like the, the goalposts with uh, Ben Keys. Let's get them out of the way. And the the goal line is it touched over the line or in front of the line? I'm not so fussed about whether someone's fingernail you know bends back when it's 50 meters out, and the umpire can't possibly sort of know that. I just want to stop the real howlers. So I'm not sure there's a real answer in that. But there were five disallowed uh, disallowed goals yesterday. Five. Mm. It's crazy. It is. But at the end of the day, let's let's flip back it. This is the counter argument. 
if those five goals were allowed and then on the match of the day, after the game, they show them all and they say, what is wrong with our game? There were five goals in that game that shouldn't have been goals. We can't, this is a crisis. Our referees aren't doing their job. We have to do something about this. We've got technology. Use it. The flip side now is, oh, why are we disallowing so Why many would you goals? want to be a referee then, just in any sport? Because you think about football as we're talking right now. Um, the human element is taken out of the game for a, a linesman calling or a lines person calling an offside decision. Uh, a player celebrates a goal that's called offside, then they're flat, and then they go back to VAR. They realize it was a goal. Similarly, the celebration in cricket, when a decision is given, everyone celebrates, and then instantly the batter refers to the uh, mm. other umpire that will have a look, and then the emotion is taken out of it straight away. So there's now a lot of sitting and waiting, and I feel that human instinct is taken out of it. And also, that just puts umpiring and refereeing under the spotlight even more. Yeah, look, but does it, doesn't it save – in cricket, for example, if it's uh, an LBW and and you're given out and the, the player reviews it and it shows that it's come off the bat, I think that takes pressure off the umpire because that, uh, that player – if they replay it and you see that it hits the bat and he's sitting in the change rooms, he's filthy. The umpire's thinking, oh, I got, I got one wrong there. That's a disaster. I've impacted the game because I've just given someone out who was, you know, on a bit of a tear. It's a bit like Glenn Maxwell. So last night, Maxwell was out on 33 um, LBW. Then it was a judge to be going over the stumps. Now, some people have questioned that, but he comes back in. Imagine if the umpire had given Maxwell out Maxwell's sitting in the change rooms and then they do the replay and it shows the ball's going over the top. Like that impacts the whole game. At least now the umpires feel like they have a safety net. Mm. That, that even if they get one wrong every now and then, it doesn't kill the whole game. So I don't know. I think it in cricket, I think it helps. It creates the conversation though. Social media is probably a poor example, but it exposes the umpires if they're making poor decisions because if in a, a cricket match – an umpire is given five or six indirect, uh, incorrect decisions which are overturned by the video referee or the, mm. the fourth umpire, then their incompetence in that particular game is shown. But, but, isn't, but isn't that life? If mm. you're a cricketer and you get out five times under 10, your incompetence is shown and you're out of the team. If you're an umpire and you gave five bad decisions, well, you're not up to international standard. You go back and do something else. So I think that's it, – it just um, – it highlights – the how difficult it is. That's that's all I say. I don't think every umpire is going to get all the decisions right. You want them to get them right more often than they get wrong, and that's going to give us a greater respect for those umpires that do that. But it just shows that there are so many grey areas in our sport, and it's you know with the naked eye sometimes it's impossible to to be able to pick up everything. So this is a way we can use technology, hopefully without, like I said, being too invasive. And that's where in world football at the moment, they've got to make sure that VAR doesn't overtake the game, which is what Ange was uh, suggesting. We're going to continue talking about this on Z- uh, 0427154166. Daniel says, you are correct, Bix. The Inglis experiment is done. So Daniel's of the belief to chuck Josh Inglis into storage. Um, if you haven't heard, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12th and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. I've just had a look over there. What have you got there, Mark Bickley? It looks like you've got some sort of list. This is new. I haven't seen it before. 
So do you mind if we go to the news and come back and go through this list you've created? Yes, that'll be great. All right, looking forward to it. It's SENSA. Local tyre power. Holiday getaway sale. Get four for the price of three on Falcon Wild Peak all-terrain tyres. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow. That's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Three minutes past seven. Good morning to you. We're here thanks to Chemist Warehouse. You can rush into Chemist Warehouse the Christmas fragrance sale, which is on now, Mark Bickley. If you can't get in touch via the text line 0427 154 because you would have heard in the news, Optus is stuffed today. Mm. Not good. We're both on Optus. Yes, which means we can't make any calls or get any coverage of any type. It's so. kind of a good thing, though, because it means I can't hear from my family saying my kids are misbehaving this morning. So that's good. Oh, they're not misbehaving. They're, they're just kids. They're babies. How One old? of them seven. Seven? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a baby in my terms. My eldest one's 38, <laughs> otherwise known as my wife. <laughs> well, maybe she doesn't listen, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the Optus Network, it's not the radio network. That's oh, now. that's true. Oh, yeah, it. that's true. Um, just briefly, very soon we have your chance to get a night's accommodation at the Hotel Grand Chancellor Adelaide. We're kicking goals with the Hotel Grand Chancellor's exclusive SEN free extras deal. You can book direct for the win. I do need to fact check us both, Bix. I've been having a look on X at the moment. You can follow mm. us on X or Twitter at 1629 SENSA. Everyone has been celebrating Glenn Maxwell. Yes. Let's have a listen to him again, hitting those winning runs and bringing up his double century. This is the greatest show. A six to bring up 200 and win the game. Everybody here is on their feet. And Maxwell should not have to walk off the park. He should be carried off. What a performance. Uh, Mark Bickley. I mean, let's just leave your music on. One of the best musicals of all time. Well, musical slash movie. The Greatest Showman. Yeah, the big show. Glenn Maxwell. 200 runs, 21 fours, 10 sixes. Australia was 7 for 91, chasing 300 and... 290? Yeah. And... Um, Glenn Maxwell, 200. Hold on, Mark. I'm back. 201, not out, off 128 balls. What a performance. Fought through cramps, uh, had a drop catch. He was given out LBW, appealed, come back again. So it was just a phenomenal innings in Australia, a move into the semifinals. The fact checkers have come out, as they should. And here's the fact check. A woman can have a statue, but she will not get credit for her on-field achievements. Belinda Clark is and will always remain the first Australian to score a double century in ODIs. Mm -hmm. So we should be specific and say, because everybody's celebrating at the moment that Glenn Maxwell becomes the first Australian player to score a double hundred in ODI history. Australian man. Man. Okay. When did uh, Belinda do it? I'll fact check the fact check. <laughs> okay. So while I'm, while I'm doing that, I think it's time to get into your list. All I can hear on my head is Rue saying, don't cry, Bix, you weak bastard. But um, <laughs> it's going to be tough for me. Because 
That's an incredible introduction you've made there. No, that's what? What have you done there? Where has that come from? What do you mean? That stupid quote. It's clearly it's, I was emotional at the time. Well, let's hear it again. No, no don't. Here on my head is Rue saying, "Don't cry, Bix, you weak bastard." But um, it's going to be tough for me. So, where, is that from? That's when you were inducted to the World Hall of Fame. Oh, my goodness me. So, what are we doing here? Well, so last week we uh, had a debate around who were the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah. And settled on, tried to settle on number one. Who was the greatest athlete of all time? And we, we, I don't think we actually landed on who was. There was a lot of debate. There was probably around five or so people. So, I thought, this is good fun. Lists are always fun. So each week I'm going to compile a list depending on what is sort of topical around the place. And Angelo Matthews from Sri Lanka, uh, he was given out in a rather bizarre fashion. First time in international cricket, someone was timed out. He didn't make it. You got three minutes from when one dismissal happens to be able to take guard. He went out. His chin strap on his helmet yep. wasn't quite right. He went off, didn't get back in time. Uh, the opposition captain appealed and he was given out. And I thought that's a bizarre way to be dismissed. Do you want to have a listen to how yeah, it let's, unfolded? Let's see what he had to say. I haven't done anything wrong. Uh, I have two minutes to get to the crease and get myself ready, which I did. And then it was an equipment malfunction. And I don't know where the common sense went uh, because obviously it's Obviously disgraceful from uh, Shakib and Bangladesh if they want to play cricket like that. Obviously stooped down to that level. I think there's something wrong um, drastically. So it was just pure common sense. I'm not talking about um, uh, mancading or obstructing the field here. This is just pure common sense and bringing the game into you know, disrepute. It's absolutely um, disgraceful. See, up to today I had utmost respect to him. And, uh, and Bangladesh team. Obviously, you know, you all play to win. And if it's within the rule, it's fine. But the rule clearly says, uh, in, my, in my incident today, within two minutes I was there. We have video evidence. We will put out a statement later on. We have video evidence, footage, everything was looked. I'm not just, just coming and saying things here. I'm talking with proof. Here, I think in my in my 15 years of career, I've never seen I've never seen a team going down to that level. Okay, so there he is, Angelo Matthews. Just quickly as well, big son. He was flat. He was uh, <laughs> Belinda Clark in the 1997 Women's World Cup. First time a player would record a double century in ODI cricket. 220 not out. Uh, 229 not out against Denmark at Middle Income Group ground. How many did they make, the team, that day? Uh, they, as uh, in a partnership, uh, I'm just, I'll have to fact check okay. me, fact checking the fact check there. Can we just go on with your list, please? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so what I, after Angelo Matthews was given out bizarrely, uh, I thought I would come up with the, the, the strangest rules in sport. So that one there is you've got to be out facing uh, within two minutes. Uh, so I came up with my. They made 412. 412. No more questions, okay? okay? They won by 363 runs. Belinda Clark made 229. Uh, Lisa uh, Knightley made 60. Karen Rolton made 64. Mel Jones, 19. And Joanne Broadbent, 9. Okay, so this is uh, my <laughs> top five rule, bizarre rules, basically, in, in all different world sports. So I'm going to start at number five, 
and work my way up to yes. number one. Okay. Do it. So number five is when you play tennis, if during a point your hat is dislodged and falls off, the player, the the opposite player can ask for the point to be played again because they have been distracted. So right. this happened in 2012. Thomas Burditch and Andy Murray were playing and Andy Murray um, lunged for a volley at the net, hit it perfectly. It just dropped over the net. Uh, Burditch was at the back of the court, had no chance of getting it. But at the same time, Murray's hat was dislodged. Burditch put his hand up and demanded the point be played again. Wow. And, and it had to be played again, which this is uh, good. was much to the ire of uh, Andy Murray. Um, the fourth bizarre rule, if in baseball a ball is pitched and not hit by the, by the batter uh, and the catcher misses it and it lodges in the umpire's face masks, if there are any runners on base, they all advance one base. Mm. If the ball is lodged in the face mask of the umpire. Good. Didn't know that. Never heard of that one before. What about this? I know you're a big Polo fan. Massive Polo fan. Dean Polo was my favourite Richmond and St Kilda player. Okay. The shirt. I'm talking about Polo as in the horses. Oh, of course. There's a rule, and this is rather discriminatory. You know that there's no left-handed Polo players? You cannot be a left-handed polo player because it means your mallet will be on the other side of the horse, which if you are coming towards the ball in the opposite direction to a right-handed player, it would be like jousting almost. So every, There's no left-handed hockey sticks either. So every player that plays polo has to play right-handed. That's good. Keep this list going. This is number four now? Yeah, that, that was number four. This is number three. If a baseball player decides to use his hat to try and catch the ball, the batter is automatically awarded three bases. Okay. Oh, that's a form of cheating. Yep. Use your hands, mate. Yeah, exactly. Use your glove. Yeah. So don't try and catch the ball in your hat and be fancy. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one, uh, where have I gone? Oh, no. What's happened to your list? Oh. Mark. Mark. I'm, I'm sick of one, one short. <laughs> We've had tennis. We've had... We've had left-handed polo. We've had the baseball catching the hat. Oh, we're, up to, we're up to, you've done four. We're up to number one. Yeah, which is, I thought I was up to number two and I couldn't work it out. But the number one rule, which is really strange, and I asked you this yesterday, so yeah. you've already heard this before. If in soccer, you take a free kick and somehow it ends up in your goal without anyone else touching it, it's not a known goal. Yeah, that's bizarre, that one. It's a corner. I don't get it. And similarly, if um, if someone throws the ball into the net without anyone touching it from a sideline, it can't be given a goal as well. So there you what go. What are your thoughts on the list? So that's the most bizarre one. So that was number one. You can't score an own goal from your own free kick. So um, anyway, they were all pretty bizarre, weren't they? Yeah. The part in the middle where you lost your... Lost my way. You lost your way. So... I think it was a good list. If you have anything to add to the list, let us know. 0427 154 166. Walking here on my head is Rue saying, don't cry, Bix, you weak bastard. But um, <laughs> it's going to be tough for me.
Next, we are going to ask you the question of who's in the Hotel Grand Chancellor lobby. Also, very soon, Bryce McGain's going to join us and Katie Mack from the Adelaide Strikers. I love that because I think even if we just play that every week to do the list, you've got to... No, get rid of the first bit. Just play the little jingle at the end, I reckon. All right, back after this. Dependent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow. That's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 20 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And a huge shout out to Mourn Team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide. Uh, Bix, our very good friends at the Hotel Grand Chancellor Adelaide. We are kicking goals with them. We have an exclusive SEN free extras package to give away. Overnight accommodation for two people in a king or twin room. Overnight parking for one car, $50 food and beverage credit. That will go a long way. The food there is incredible. You and I have stayed there a night together. And is it Seb's Bar right just at yep. the front there? You can just it's All South Australian produce. Beautiful spot there. Great staff there as well. Um, we had a romantic night there. Um, I tested the spa the next day in the swimming pool. Yeah. Um, yeah it wasn't, that was, yeah. It's graphic. You were in your underpants. That wasn't a great sight for me. Yeah. You've seen worse. But um, it's good, especially with the warmer weather. We're talking like rooftop pool. Mm. It's pretty good. It is a great spot. And if you're having a night out in the city, and a lot of people are organizing Christmas parties, yes. and so a lot of them will be in the city. You don't want to take your chances trying to get home yep. at uh, some ungodly hour. So just organize a room and you'll be in the city and... It'll be fabulous for you. Okay, so our number is one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You just need to identify who's in the lobby. I did say it was an international guest today. Okay, so we're going outside of Australia. Listen closely. It wasn't our prettiest game, but you know we're learning every day and we're on the right path. She's lucky you told us it was international. I don't think I would have picked it. Um, <laughs> Do you want to hear it again? Yes, please. Okay. It wasn't our prettiest game, but, you know, we're learning every day and we're on the right path. Mm, there you go. I've got no idea because it sounds like an NBA basketball player, which narrows it down to about three people for me. Oh, that's a that's a generalized comment, though, because as much as they sound like an NBA basketball player, there's a lot of other sports in America and there's a lot of other Americans who are playing sport. <laughs> Good point. Thank you. Captain Obvious. <laughs> This has just turned into a roast. If you think you know who it is, 1300 736 736. We'll take your calls next. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 27 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. All right, Bix, let's get straight into these kicking goals with the Grand Chancellor Adelaide's free extras. We are asking the question who's in the hotel lobby? It wasn't our prettiest game, but, you know, we're learning every day and we're on the right path. Okay, let's go to Brompton, first of all. Good morning, Joe. Morning, boys. How are we? Very well, thanks. Who do we think is in the hotel lobby? Just a huge stab. Is it Joel Embiid? It's not Joel Embiid. You are... Look, I'll give you a clue, though, okay, Joe? The clue is you're in the right sport. It's very predictable, but you're in the right sport. So let's go to our next caller right now, Mark Bickley, and that is Louis in Largs Bay. Louis, who do you think it is? Hi, boys. You got me? Yes. Yep. Uh, Victor Wembanyama. That's easy. Winner! Congratulations, Louis. You've got that fabulous prize. The Hotel Grand Chancellor. You're going to be there 
car parking, you've got a $50 dinner voucher. It's all there for you. So uh, thank you so much and well done this morning. I appreciate it, boys. Thank you. Thank you. Wemby, uh, this is where I stumped you, Bix, because you said, oh, sounds American. He's French, mm. but he's got a very good English accent. So he does well. Yeah, it did do well. So that was the international flavour. So, and just a quick one um, on our text line. Ice hockey's got three periods, not quarters or halves. We're talking about bizarre rules in sports. So there you go. Bit of a trap for unsuspecting Aussies ordering beers at three-quarter time. (laughs) That's (laughs) actually our text of the day from Steve. So Steve, we'll get in touch with you, mate, and we'll send you that Signet Boost power bank. It will keep your phone, uh, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. Plenty more still to come on SENSA as well. Next, we're going to catch up with Bryce McGain to talk about the heroics of Glenn Maxwell overnight in the Cricket World Cup. And, of course, we'd love to hear more texts from you. 0427 154 166. Thanks to Tyre Power, their holiday getaway sale is now on. We're going for 29 degrees today and we'll be back after the news on SENSA. Good morning. Thank you for the text on 0427154166. Is there any sarcasm in that, do you think? Oh, there's no, obviously, sort of way you can tell on a text message, but... Absolutely sarcasm in that. If you're passing the ball 721 That's times... Good. Yeah, I'm glad I picked that up. ...had 126 dangerous attacks and you end up losing 1-0... Mm. Um, it didn't, didn't say they lost one. They just said they didn't score. But I was picking up something that he was sending through there. Yeah, a bit of a ticker-tucker, <laughs> and that has not worked for them. So they have gone down 1-0 in mm. their group match. Um, some of the other matches this morning and currently still in play. So Borussia Dortmund have defeated Newcastle 2-0. Um, Man City are currently leading Young Boys 2-0. In the 48th minute, uh, AC Milan and Paris Saint-Germain are one all at the moment at halftime. Atletico Madrid are leading Celtic 2-0. So we'll keep you up to date with some of those scores too um, because there's a lot of Champions League action. Group stage, keeping in mind, today uh, and tomorrow. So that's good. Do you mind if I drop in an early nomination for the good stuff, Mark? No, please do that. Um, It is cricket-themed before we get into... uh, Bryce McGain. So if you're moving house, use a team that's easy and affordable. Budget, current truck, rental, 13, 27, 27. There's so much negativity in the world at the moment. So we use the good stuff to talk about the good things that are happening because the negative stuff is... The Optus Network being down. Mm. No one can communicate anywhere. What were you saying about the the train service? It's it's impacted the trains in Melbourne. They must have uh, some type of tie-in with the Optus Network. It's a national issue, so there's no internet, no phone service. If you've got a business which is relying on Optus Internet for your uh, payment system, you're going to be in a bit of strife this morning. So, yeah, it's it's, um, no... No uh, discussion about when it might be back on. Just on the Optus website, it says their technicians are looking into it. I would hope so. Looking into it is such a throwaway. I mean, we could be looking into it. (laughs) I mean, what credibility do we have? But we can say, yeah, we're looking into it. We restarted our phone. So we think Bryce McGain is on the Optus network at the moment. That's why we can't get in touch with him. Uh However, let's talk cricket. Okay, so my nomination for the good stuff is the... Afghanistan international cricket team. Yep. And yes, they were defeated by Australia, 
And yes, they should be very disappointed with their performance in the end because not only um, did they make 291, which I'll get to in a moment, but they had Australia at seven for 91. So if it wasn't for the performance of Glenn Maxwell, Afghanistan would have defeated Australia. Mm. But what they have done this World Cup is show that they are good enough to mix it with the best teams in world cricket, where I think there was a World Cup back in 2015-16, I think, here in Australia, yep. where I was lucky enough to be part of that World Cup and I worked at an England-Afghanistan game over at the SCG. Um and I think a lot of people looked at Afghanistan as a team that just made up the numbers, a minnow that's never going to feature. Mm. And then Rashid Khan makes his way into the international stage and cricket starts to build. And you can see right now that they are growing as an international side. But the flow and effect for that is the happiness that cricket provides the people of Afghanistan where you don't normally associate happiness with Afghanistan. Yeah, it's... It's such a it's such a hard one to comprehend. So, where are the where's the next wave of of Af- Afghani cricketers coming from? What what's going on in Afghanistan at the moment? Is it war torn? Is it what regime is in is in power there? Like it's just so hard to comprehend. I saw there are a couple of people on X or, or Twitter uh, that were sort of criticising the Australian cricket team, you know, sarcastically saying that. Um, uh, they didn't want to have the sponsorship renewed of a of a fossil fuel company. They were provided counselling after the no vote won the referendum. Yet they're still happy to play international cricket against the a country like Afghanistan that has lots of atrocities happening uh, under mm. a, a poor regime. I, I don't don't know the answer to that. Whether that's just someone being a smart aleck or whether that's valid or not. But um, it is quite amazing that they're able to perform to a level when there's a fair bit going back on in their home country. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's, uh, I think it's a wonderful thing to see what they can do. And with Rashid Khan making his way back to the Adelaide Strikers in the men's BBL competition this year, it's again worth celebrating. You could see the happiness that when Afghanistan mm. played here in the, the World Cup at the end of last year, you could see all of the fans not just there to see Rashid Khan, but also to see the the team that are performing. Yeah. The other interesting part about this is, is around women because women are oppressed in Afghanistan and part of the, one of the conditions of competing, I think on in world cricket is that you have to be compete both in the men's and women's uh, stages. So I'm just interested. I can see you tapping away. Uh, wonder what that looks like at the moment in terms of sort of women's cricket where Afghan Afghanistan sit in that and whether they have a women's team and whether that is something that is maybe sort of facilitating some sort of progress in the recognition and the treatment of women in Afghanistan. Yeah. So the last reports that that's still in conversation, um, the fate of the exiled team. So mm. that's definitely a room for improvement there. As we know, it's an understatement to say that, but certainly my nomination for the good stuff. It wasn't so good yesterday for Tottenham who went down 4-1 to Chelsea in the Premier League. We just had a text coming in from Louis saying, hey, Digger, what did Ange say post-match? <laughs> so my nickname has uh, really stuck from yesterday and I love that. There's a, there's a couple of bit from Ange Postacongalu. Let's have a listen. It's, it's sort of hard to kind of analyse from a football perspective. Um, you're kind of left with... The result, which is obviously disappointing, and you know that's you, know, you don't like to lose, particularly here at home. 
super proud of the players' efforts and will and desire and determination to get still get something out of the game. So let's continue listening to Ange because he was disappointed yesterday. It wasn't as fluffy as it has been over the past couple of weeks, Bix. I want my team to play fast, attacking, high tempo, go out at football. If we get a red card and it's a penalty against us, so what? Let's cop it. Let's go again. But then we have to stand around for two minutes to figure out whether something was offside or not. Let linesmen make a decision. Remember, it used to be the benefit of the doubt. Do we all remember that? To the striker. We all lived with it. The game didn't collapse. But like I said, I'm, I'm like an old man shouting at the clouds, mate. And, you know, I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll cop it for that, but that's, that's who I am. See, this was always mm. going to happen because, remember, it was a couple of weeks ago we were celebrating that the Fonz liked Ange Postacoglu, <laughs> and we're seeing a bit of a prickly edge. Yeah. This is what we need, though, because it's not always going to be lovely for Tottenham. Uh, but he talks sense, though. He's not He's not having a crack at the uh, the referees. He's actually saying, back them in. Um, the bit about it, this is what I like, though. When they are flying undefeated, he's bringing them back down to earth. Hey, there's still stuff we can work on. We're not perfect. When they have a game where they lose 4-1, he's pumping them up. The energy, the efforts there, keep having a crack. That's the art of coaching. Pick the players up when they need picking up. Keep them on their feet on the ground when they, they need to keep the feet on the ground. But the thing about it is is you can see the, the, the rating he puts on effort and energy and enthusiasm, all those things, which he, he basically said I was happy with in the conditions. They were down two men, but he, he talked about his team continuing to fight on. So their qualities at every... Ange Postacoglu team uh, that he coaches has, they that effort and energy is never questioned. They play a 14th placed Wolverhampton this weekend and then there's another international break because the Socceroos are playing next Thursday night in Melbourne against Bangladesh and um, we're going to speak to Carl Viet tomorrow about not only Adelaide United, but Joe Gauchi. A statistic came out last night that after three rounds in the A-League men's season, Joe Gauchi has prevented the most goals in the A-League men's competition. So 2.8 goals a game he has been stopping. Um, Danny Vukovic from Central Coast is next with 1.5. So Joe Gauchi, you would think, would be a walk-up start to that squad for next week. Now, I'm a layman, so... No, don't put yourself down. You love sport. No, I do. I love it. But I just want to know how that's measured. Because if someone has a shot that goes straight to the keeper and it's not hit very well and he just sort of kneels down and picks it up, is that preventing a goal? Or are we talking about shots that are up in the corner and he dives, gets a hand on I think any shot on target is yeah. classified as a shot. Yeah. So, so you do hard. have the two different statistics. It's you have your shot, compare, shot on though. target. It's hard to compare though, isn't it, really? Because some of uh, – there, there was – you know, some of Joe's work has been outstanding. But then depending on who you play against and where the shots line up, you could have a number of – you could save a number of goals, but they mightn't be difficult. Well, I'm glad so. you asked the question, Mike Bickley. Mm. Because the statistic, this is how it is assessed. Yes. Goals prevented equals expected goals on target against minus goals conceded. Expected goals on target against. Yes. Minus goals conceded. So Joe has conceded one goal this year, which was on the weekend against Melbourne Victory. Mm. Does that help? Yeah, it's still a little bit confused. <laughs> it didn't help me. I was just seeing if it helped you because I'd play along. But anyway, Joe Gauchi for Socceroos. That's what we're because saying. I'll give you an example because they used to do, um, when I was coaching at AFL level, they used to do kicking efficiency stats. And Ben Rutten, uh, when he was playing at the Adelaide Football Club, had a kicking efficiency of about 98%. 
But all of his kicks were sideways to a bloke who was on his own because he was a defender and they would switch play. Yes. So it really, you know, he was ranked as the best kick in the Adelaide Footy Club, but he wasn't because he just took, he just did his job. I'm not criticising him because he was a good kick, but so many of his kicks were really easy kicks and kicks that you have to make. So they changed the kick rating. And so now there is a rating put on every kick in terms of difficulty. And that is now there's an algorithm that, if you kick a sideways kick to a bloke with no one around him, that's that's expected to hit, so you don't get any sort of bonus for that. Whereas if you kick one through the middle of the ground and you hit a bloke in traffic, that's rated much higher. So the kick rating in AFL is much better than what it was 15 years ago. So is what you're saying after all of that, Joe Gauchi Socceroos? Yeah, it should be in the squad. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Wiggy, <laughs> thanks to Chemist Warehouse for Christmas fragrance sale. It's on now. Quick picks next. Independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow. That's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 10 minutes to 8 on SENSA Breakfast. One of our mates is Katie Mack from the Adelaide Strikers. We're going to have a chat to her after 8 o'clock this morning. You can score a mobile deal as good as a Sam Kerr weldy with mate. Now, Mark Bickley, um, tell us a little bit about Optus, please. What's going on? Yeah, so Optus customers across Australia are, not, are unable to make calls, texts, or use the internet amid a mass outage. Now, this uh, came to people's attention just after 3 a.m. this morning. They're talking about 10.2 million customers reporting problems across the country. Mm-hmm. Sydney, Adelaide, Brisbane, Canberra, Melbourne, and Perth. Uh, FPOS terminals using the telcos networks are also down. The uh, public transport in Melbourne, the train system has been affected. So this is a mass outage all across the country, affecting lots and lots of people. You're suggesting we just have a day off? Pity we didn't hear about it a bit earlier. We could have maybe used the excuse, my phone, the alarm didn't turn off or come on. Mm. Somehow that was connected to Optus, could have had the morning off. Well, we live in regret, <laughs> and here we are right now because we have basically built this morning up to this moment. You know, out of everything we've done this year, and this is our 101st show, yep. this has been one of the most consistent things because I've wanted to test your knowledge on sport, on life, music, just to prove to everybody how intelligent you are, because I never give you any indication uh, of these questions. Do you think it's working? Absolutely oh, it is. Okay. Yep. So you get six questions okay. and you get 10 seconds to answer each question. You have a extension for one mm. of them and you're normally flawless with this, Mark Bickley. No, I'm not flawless. I, I, I'm okay, but sometimes, yeah, I get stumped because... You're getting increasingly, the questions are getting increasingly more difficult. Well, I, I like to celebrate how perfect you are, but I love celebrating even more when you make a mistake. <laughs> Plenty of so them. So uh, I've made it challenging today. And today to celebrate our 100th show yesterday, mm. um, it's this week, it's a celebration. Our name's on the fridge or the locker. Yep. Um, today's edition of Quick Bix is the Centurion edition. The Centurion edition. Yeah. I like it. So... Let's get into it. Okay. I will give you a bit of advice. Choose your extension wisely. <laughs> well, that's sort of implying that I don't use it wisely most times. There's numerous 
opportunities for you to use your extension in this quick fix. But I've only got one. Yeah, you've got one. So each question is worth one point. So whichever time I use it, mm. it shouldn't make much difference. All right, let's go question okay. one. Okay. All right. Question one in the Centurion edition of Quick Bix. How many 100-plus gamers did the Adelaide Crows have? Mm. Just got a text in that said, Vale Optus. <laughs> I'm going to go Taylor Walker, Roy Sloan, Brody Smith, uh, O'Brien, Keys, Dawson, Crouch. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, Roy Laird. So I reckon eight, is it? That is outstanding. <sighs> oh, my goodness. That's didn't, one. Didn't want to use my extension there. No, you didn't. You've still got time to use your extension. <laughs> Question two in the Centurion edition of Quick Bix. Ricky Ponting has scored the most centuries for Australia in test matches with 41 in 287 games. 41. Okay, yep. Who has the most ducks? So this is interesting. This is my thought process. Take us through it. I'm thinking it could be a batsman. Because that, someone who's played a lot of test matches, because mm. just they get ducks, you know, and, and because they're at the crease a lot, they could, it could be them. Mm. So it could be someone who's played a whole heap of tests. Then mm -hmm. the other line of thinking is, is it a bowler? Who's Australia's worst tail ender? They bat less times, but they're more likely to make a Your, your a thinking duck. process is wonderful, but yeah. the answer would be great. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with the bowler. And the the worst number eleven I can think of in recent times is Glenn McGrath. Is that your answer? I'm going with with Pidge. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Thirty five ducks, Glenn McGrath. Thirty five. Thirty five. I thought it'd be maybe twenty. That's, that's very good, Mark Bickley. How many one hundred plus gamers does Port Adelaide have? <laughs> You're not going to use it? Can I have an extension, Oh, please? he's used it, and I've sucked him into it perfectly. All right, how many? Uh, so we got Aaliyah, Boke, uh, Wines, Pow Pepper, Rosie, Clury, Jonas, Dixon, Darcy Byrne Jones, Finlayson, uh, Houston. Oh my gosh, you're not even uh, cheating here. Mackenzie. Uh, I can't, I don't know how many I've done now. Um, is it 10, 11? No, you've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. You've done 12. You've got the extension, which is fine. I want to help you out I, with this because you've done did so well. I say well. Ryan Burton as well? You didn't say Ryan Burton. So does that make it 13, does it? Okay. Well, 13 I'm going to go with. Okay. 
So the technicality is Tom Jonas doesn't play for Port Adelaide anymore. What? Well, he doesn't. He's retired, mate. The season's over. The the list has been lodged. What was the question? How many 100-plus gamers do Port Adelaide have on their list? He's not on their list anymore. All right, right. okay. So 13, you take off Tom Jonas, it leaves you with 12, Mm -hmm. and you're correct. That is outstanding. Give it to yeah, I'm giving it to you. That is outstanding, mate. Thank you. Well done. I I would have been flat if you'd if you jipped me on that one. Question four (laughs) in the Centurion edition of Quick Picks. In 2017, Manchester City were the first side to rack up 100 points in the Premier League. They scored 106 goals in the process. Who was their leading goal scorer? Manchester City. Man City. What year? 17-18. Is that the one where they had the uh, the last minute sort of win? Just need an answer. Give me the name. Oh, I don't know. I don't know many Man City players. Anything I can think of is Iguero! <laughs> is that right? <laughs> you called him Iguero. What is it? Aguero. Aguero. And you're right. Is <laughs> <laughs> that the year when he 30 scored? goals in 39 games. That's incredible from you. All right. Sergio. Two to go, Mark Bickley, okay. in the Centurion edition of Quick Bicks. The Adelaide Crows' closest loss to 100 points was 103 in 2011 against St Kilda. So that's as close as they've got to 100 points flat. Um, they kicked three goals in that game. Name one in, of the goal so, kickers. Sorry, in 20... In 2011, yeah. Adelaide lost by 103 points to St Kilda. That was Neil Craig's last game. They kicked three goals in that game. Name one of the goal kickers. 2011. I'm going to say... Paddy Dangerfield, because he was playing up forward at that stage. Oh, my gosh. This is... Do you know know how I know that? Because you're cheating? Because someone, Jace, has given you the answers? No, no, no. Because I actually coached the next week. Yeah. And Taylor Walker wasn't in the side, and Patrick Dangerfield was playing as a permanent forward. And so I had to change the look of the team a little bit. So Taylor Walker came from Norwood into the side as a forward, and Patrick Dangerfield went from being a permanent forward to a midfielder. So was that was that the year of Taylor Walker having a beer at Footy Park? Um, may well have been. Okay, last question. We've got to head to the news. Last question. Okay. You've been outstanding, and I want yeah. you to get this. I want six out of six here. Mm. The Centurion edition of Quick Bix. Question six. What date is the 100th day of the year? April the 10th. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Are you pretty sure or 100% sure? I'm I'm 100% sure. And you're right. (laughs) That's your best. That's your best. They were challenging and that is your best. Thank you for that. I cannot believe I got all the Port Adelaide players. I thought there'd be someone that I might have missed in there. That is unbelievable from you. Uh, you. I'm, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. Well, maybe I should go have a look under the hood at Optus, see what I can do there. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Katie Mac joins us next from the Strikers.
your local tyre power. Holiday getaway sale. Get four for the price of three on Falcon Wild Peak all-terrain tyres. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Three minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. We're in studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And thanks to more Team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide and tyre power. Their holiday getaway sale is on right now. Mark Bickley, the Optus Network is cactus at the moment. And we're having lots of phone troubles. So we've gone full technology. You've jumped into the computers here and tried to fix everything. (laughs) So we think what we're going to do next is going to happen. But if it doesn't, it's still going to be entertaining one way or another. As your Adelaide Strikers prepare to take on the Melbourne Renegades, had a fantastic season, wanting to defend the championship from last year and go back to back. The table at the moment looks very pleasing for your Adelaide Strikers. With a game in hand, they are sitting on top of the table at the moment. Five and one, one of the players responsible for all of the runs that we are scoring is Katie Mack, who joins us right now. Good morning to you, Katie. First of all, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Good morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bit of a scramble this morning. To, oh, it's um, been a nightmare. Yeah. It's been ridiculous. Um, but you know what? The, the positives are we are here right now. I was lucky enough to be at the airport the other day and saw you and the team arrived back from another successful venture and things must be feeling pretty good at the moment with, um, you know, some really important games still to come for the Strikers. Yeah, definitely. To get two wins over in Perth is always nice, especially with all the travel over there. You want to make it worthwhile. Um, and then, yeah, to come back to a game at um, Karen Rolton tonight against the Renegades, um, yeah, we're feeling pretty confident. And um, yourself, personally, you've been in some... Really good form. Those two games you mentioned got a half century in both those matches, so that must be pleasing. Yeah, um, I'm always happy when I'm scoring runs. Um, but like I've said multiple times, I think it just comes down to um, the team we've got. I have full confidence that if I don't do it, someone else will. And um, surprisingly, that really helps to score runs. Mm. Um, big game coming up. Uh, you, you play the Melbourne Renegades. They've only won one game for the year. You're flying. How do you sort of guard against any complacency that might slip in? Um, yeah, it's sort of something we've been saying all year is that um, we like to think of us, ourselves as a team that um, you know, turns up every day no matter what. Um, the only thing it is against the Renegades, the one game they have won <laughs> was against us. So, um, mm-hmm. And I think there's a few SA girls in that. So they'll be pretty keen to beat us. But, um, you know, we'll be right back there trying to beat them too, especially not wanting them to get two on us. We're scoring a lot of runs, which is really pleasing, but also um, the consistency of our bowling attack has been really impressive. From names that we know can take wickets, AJ Wellington picked up a couple the other day, three for 25, and Shooter as well doing amazing things. So it, it feels like we've just had so much continuity from what happened last season, Katie, to, to keep the squad close together, but also you know what it takes to win the close games, which helped us last year. Yeah, definitely. I think um, cricket's a very big experience game. So the fact we've experienced it all last year is definitely going to help. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed that. The strikers have uh, made it a priority to keep the group together. They've really invested in their domestic girls and and then got a couple key internationals in as well. Um, But, yeah, everyone's contributing. And, and, you know, that first game in Perth, everyone was congratulating me for scoring 50. But I only had to chase 110. So, um, you know... Makes you as a batter. It makes pretty easy as a batter. Um, you mentioned that there's um, a couple of girls that you normally play with, Courtney Webb and 
Emma Debro spring to mind immediately. Do you have much to say to those girls out on the, the pitch? <laughs> I don't personally, but I know um, Josie Dooley will have a bit to say. She always tends to um, be chirping behind the stumps, and I'm sure she's got some um, pretty key things to say to a few players. But, um, no, nah, it's all good competition. Um, uh, yeah, I think we're looking forward to get out there and make sure that we um, beat them, though. Hey, Katie, we look forward in a, a couple of weeks in November. It's going to be fantastic where the WBBL is returning to Adelaide Oval, where the stadium series will be happening. Um, not only it's a great opportunity to play in front of a bigger crowd, but it's also really well-deserved for the, the women as well. What's the, the feeling like for you and for the rest of the team to potentially, I mean, I'm sure the dream is to play every game at Adelaide Oval in front of huge crowds. So to do this and showcase it across the whole competition must be really exciting for you. Sorry, a little bit of a cut out there. No, that's okay. I just said, oh, wait, um, to, I'm put, back. Oh, to put yeah. it simply, I, I just said, hey, how good is it going to be to play at Adelaide Oval? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, um, we're really excited and uh, I'm hoping the 24th of November we get a really big turnout because we kind of want to show that that's where we should be playing and um, the more games we can get at Adelaide Oval, you know, the better. Um, such a beautiful ground, such a beautiful place to watch cricket. So we're really hoping for a good... Might have lost Katie there again. It's we... a big success and we get a lot of people there. Awesome, Katie. Hey, we might let you go. Thank you very much for having a chat with us this morning. Thanks for your patience and also congrats on your form and let's hope it continues. All right. Thanks, guys. Katie Mack joining us here from the Adelaide Strikers. Head to Karen Rolton Oval because tonight, um, 29 degrees at – you know, we're so lucky, Mark Bickley, when mm. you think about Adelaide Oval being one of the most picturesque grounds in the world – Karen Rolton Oval is equally as picturesque and they are authentic. They are natural. Unlike what's happening in Western Australia. I'm not sure if you've caught up with the news over the past 24 hours for the test series, which is going to be happening over summer. Optus stadium is going to have some temporary grass and hill like structures put in the stands. So they're going to remove some of the stands and put in some hill features She's, I've got an idea. It's, Just play the game at the Wacker. It's gone full circle, hasn't it? Yes. Like the Sydney, Sydney used to have the hill, Yabby's Hill, I think it was, and uh, Adelaide Oval thankfully have preserved theirs, and, and it's one of the big features. It's what people love so much about it. So, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting, but it shows as well it's going to be a struggle this year with some of the teams that are coming to play against Australia that they – you don't want to be playing in front of empty stadiums and you have to make it really attractive. Well, I'll break it down for you, okay? So it's the uh, Perth Test is being rebranded the West Test. The West Test. A new three-tiered hill in a bid to win back fans after less than 50,000 turned up for the West Indies match 12 months ago. Mm -hmm. So... This is a nod to the grassy expanses of the Wacker. Includes a family area where kids can play and watch the Aussies in action at the same time. The first step is uh, the hill, providing cricket fans with a new way to experience Australia's clash with Pakistan at our world-class Perth Stadium. I don't know. I'm just saying we've got one here in Adelaide. We don't have to yeah. manufacture it and move it to the Wacker. Well, and let, let's not also forget the Wacker, the pitch, what it offers. It's something different and it's going to have some something for the bowlers in it. And, uh, you know, what we're getting now with all these drop-in pitches is, is less life in the pitches. Be careful what you've wished for too, because if you're going to put a hill at Optus Stadium, keep it. Keep it? Keep it. It's a, well, it's, it's a big exercise, I would have thought, removing three tiers of seats mm. and putting a hill there. What, is the hill going to be made out of dirt? What, what, 
what's going to happen there? I don't know. Maybe we get Hoffy over there and put some Sir Walter Buffalo <laughs> hills. You can go over and do some irrigating. Oh, dear. I don't know. But I mean, just we're just lucky. Just when you go to Karen Rolton Oval tonight or you go to Adelaide Oval, just be grateful we've got what well, we've just, got. But just think about Karen Rolton Oval for a second. Remember that was the old railway oval? Yeah. My memory is, is as a kid coming down from Port Pirie playing Sapsars of football and cricket on the railway oval and it was a bog. It was muddy. It was terrible. So the facilities that are there now are outstanding. That whole area now with the, there's a little running track that goes around there. There's probably four ovals that the, the second level. Yeah, it's very good. On. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. It is 12 minutes past eight on SENSA. Katie Mack, one of our mates, fair dinkum internet without the fuss. We'll be back after this. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 26 minutes past eight on SENSA. Breakfast been a very big show today. Uh, quick fix, you need to have a listen to it. Just jump on wherever you get your podcast if uh, you're not on the Optus Network because that's cactus at the moment um so just don't do that um but when you do get the opportunity to use your phone have a listen to quick bix on the podcast because it was absolutely outstanding bix i wanted to update you quickly on those champions league scores yes please in the group stage so uh Bristol dortmund defeated newcastle 2-0 barcelona went down 1-0 uh some of the other bigger games today man city have defeated young boys 3-0 AC Milan are currently leading 2-1 over PSG in the 99th minute. Um, Atletico Madrid have defeated Celtic 6-0. Jeepers. So post-Ange, Celtic struggling. (laughs) Um, And there's more games tomorrow, which we'll keep you up to date with. So tomorrow, some really big games. Man United are facing Copenhagen the ice cream place. Um, Bayern Munich uh, playing Galatasaray. Arsenal, Sevilla, Real Madrid are playing tomorrow. PSV tomorrow in Inter. So tomorrow some really big clubs are playing in Champions League. Text message in regards to Glenn Maxwell. 0427154166 from Michael. Bix, has Maxwell effectively rewritten the batting textbook with absolutely zero footwork? <laughs> well... Uh, necessity is the mother of all invention and he could not move. And at one stage he looked like he was going to have to retire. Hurt Adam Zampa literally got onto the field. He stood on the boundary rope waiting to come on, expecting Maxwell to come off. And he just said, no, no, I'm not coming off. Uh, And thankfully he didn't. 200 runs is just phenomenal. But I'll tell you what has been rewritten. The scoring and the way teams go about the 50 over game. the, The scoring is phenomenal. And, to think back a few years and think that we'd be talking about a player scoring 200 runs in a big game in a World Cup uh, is phenomenal. So, yeah, it's it's literally the way they go about it, the power hitting, the bats, all of it all together. What T20 cricket has brought to us is a new mindset about how to attack short-form cricket. Now, we are not people that would like to tell you how to live your life. We're not preachers or anything like that. However, there's a... A choice that you can make today if you're on the Optus Network. Embrace the fact that you can't use your phone. Have some real-life conversations with people. Stay off social media. Don't worry about finding Wi-Fi. Just embrace the beautiful 29-degree day and just have a chat. You reckon you can do that today? Yeah, as long as I don't have to try and... 
find someone or talk to my kid who's lost or something, I wouldn't mind my phone network actually doing what I pay it to do. That'd be nice for a start. Okay. Well, that turned in a way I didn't <laughs> expect. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, Vicks. See ya.